We had two picnics this weekend. Yes, we did. It was hard work, wasn't it? <laughs> it was very hard work. God, there was a lot of people down there in the park. It was like Christmas Day, really. I think there was a real celebratory mood, though, which was really lovely. Yes, it was. There were people were walking around. They'd take their masks off to eat and forget to put them back on again. And mm, It kind of felt like we were out of the pandemic when we really, we've still got a bit to go, I guess. And there was police wandering around, not bothering anybody. Mm. It was pretty good. I'm not a big fan of picnics, as you know. Yes. That's my two picnics for this year, <laughs> possibly this decade. And that's why it was such hard work, because Jimmy doesn't like sitting on the ground. So we ended up having to cart five chairs, a, a table, table. <laughs> and then we had knives and forks and plates and stuff. Whereas most normal people would be happy with a little bag of sandwiches and a rug for the ground. But our friends said it was the best picnic they'd ever had. Or maybe that's the true. fanciest picnic <laughs> the they'd ever had. <laughs> It's not sitting on the ground that bothers me, it's getting up. That's that's the issue. Today we're going to talk about the ongoing issues with uh, notifications of infections of the COVID virus in apartment blocks. You've got a nice uplifting uh, story about greenery. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to dig into the forum because there's a story that's come up there that's... Uh, it's really quite interesting, and it's one that comes around quite a lot. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the Flat Chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. The Owners Corporation Network spokesperson on COVID, Jane Hearn, got an op-ed in the Sydney Morning Herald this morning. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's basically saying the government has really dropped the ball on ter- in terms of notifying residents of infections in their buildings. And they're also being incredibly selective about which buildings they choose to call high-risk high rises Mm. well there are no regular rules that define it no um it's at the minister's discretion but it could be a building might have only one infection in the whole building but they might decide that because of the way that the building operates it's high risk or no risk um because we know that there's a building very close to us where there are there's a couple living in the building who both have a covid19 infection and the health authorities have said, yeah, it's okay. You know, you're, you're uh, a big grown-up building with building management and stuff like that. You just ask them to self-isolate. Nobody needs to panic. Um, although I think they may have closed their gym again. Mm. You, can, you can understand the sense of that. But then again, it does mean that people who live in fabulous, well-run buildings, and which are often in nice locations... <laughs> and uh, which are a bit more expensive than other apartments, yeah. are treated in one way. And it does look as if apartments, maybe, you know, Housing Commission um, residents in other parts of Sydney are treated quite differently. Mm. And the one thing we're not hearing about is the small apartment blocks that don't even have strata managers. They're still working on a system that was evolved 50 years ago where the committee meeting is actually a series of notes slipped under the door <laughs> and they don't have that organization they don't have they haven't downloaded the mask posters saying you got to wear a mask indoors um one of the, one of the things that strikes me is 
And it all comes down to what they were saying in the op-ed, sorry, the editorial, that committee members, chairpersons, um, and even building managers don't know what they're supposed to do. No. And we've got a letter to the forum this week from somebody saying that their building manager has decreed that all common areas are closed. Residents aren't even allowed to go into outdoor common areas Mm. because of a risk of infection. As far as they know, there's no infection in the building, but the chairperson of the building has decided to err on the side of caution and said, no, you can't even go out into the open common areas. Obviously, their gym and their swimming pool and everything is closed, which they seem to accept as you know part of the deal. But I've had to point out that even in the LGA hotspots, the government has said you've got to wear a, a mask. All strata schemes, you've got to wear a mask when you're in common property. They're saying you don't have to wear a mask when you're in outdoor common property. And this is in the hotspots. Mm. So that's a message the government's quite clearly, it's there in the public health orders. And so you, so on the one hand, you've got people in high-risk areas wandering around without masks in common areas, and then you've got uh, strata committee members saying, oh, we don't want to take any risks at all because we might get fined, I think this person is saying. I mean, I think a lot of people are worried that they'll get sued by residents if any other residents catch COVID from other people. Yeah. But it's really difficult because it, it demands a huge amount of diligence to go through the rules to try and work out how they actually affect you. And I think some people are actually getting legal opinions as well, which is very expensive. It's ridiculous. And it's really hard even for lawyers to make sense of some of the regulations as well. Yeah. I think there does need to be some very clear markers put out. If New South Wales Health was even remotely interested in strata, they would have a subcommittee that sat down and came out with a set of rules based on maybe the size of the building. If you're in a building that's this size and you have these facilities, this is what you must do. And most people would be happy with that. And maybe a percentage of infections. I mean, if you've got a building with eight or a complex with 800 residents and one case... <clears throat> that's that's not really much of an argument for closing down the place. Yeah. But if you've got a small building of four apartments with shared with a shared entry, yeah. then maybe that's a case for closing that down. Yeah, and and the, that is a building that is least likely to have a strata manager or and certainly a building manager who's going to come in, who's going to download this information from the websites and pass it on to the residents. I would imagine now the government is is thinking, oh, we're almost through this current phase, so let's not change anything. But I would think if they don't change things even now, the chances of us getting through this current phase reasonably mm-hmm. quickly and smoothly are seriously diminished. Yeah. It's kind of like people are holding their breath, isn't it, really, and thinking, okay, I can't catch COVID now. <laughs> If yeah. I hold my breath and don't breathe anybody else's. Well, it's almost like that, you know, and you're getting into the lifts, you know, like everywhere else, people on common property should be wearing masks. And you're in the lift and the person is not wearing a mask and they realize you are wearing a mask and they go, oh, shit, I should have, <laughs> I should have put my mask on. Mm. A lot of people walking around with their jumpers pulled up over their noses, mm. which yeah. doesn't really Cut do it. it. No. Yeah. But look, 
we've been banging this drum for the past month or so, if not more, that there needs to be clear messaging coming from the government. But I just, I keep going back to that quote from New South Wales Health Media about five or six weeks ago, where I said, can you not bring out some special rules for strata? And the media person said, we don't discriminate against strata residents. Mm. That was her actual word. And Mm. I'm going... This isn't, it's not discrimination. <laughs> it's mm. common sense. And, uh, you think, yeah, that mindset in New South Wales health, yeah. you can't shift it. And of course, there's a political element to all this because these people just never want to admit that they might have got it wrong. And, uh, no, that's it's hard, hard for them to, to backtrack. Really. Very hard. Mm. Very hard. So we'd be keeping an eye on that. I don't know how much, uh, long term effect the, OCN editorial will have. I suspect, um, sadly, that it's already being dismissed as a, you know a noisy minority. But I think what has been exposed in all this is that our state government still doesn't get strata. And it's the same in um, Victoria, isn't it, really? Um, no, it's not, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. What's the situation in Victoria? Well, you take, for instance, renovations. In Victoria, if you have one apartment in a block that's occupied, still occupied, you cannot have any renovations inside that building. Oh, that's right. And that's similar to the ACT ACT has just introduced that. Mm. Whereas we have this bizarre thing that you can have a renovation with two tradies if the people are living in the apartment and then if the people are not living in the apartment, the specific apartment that's being renovated, you can have... um, A hundred... Well, it's it's one per four square meters. Mm, so yeah. if you've got a hundred square meter apartment, you could have twenty five tradies in there. So it's pretty sad if you live next door, yeah. and you're getting in the lift every time with all these tradies coming in. Absolutely, and uh, you're getting the noise because you're trying to do Zoom meetings for work. You're trying to work, because they're trying still to homeschool kids. They're telling us if yeah. you can stay, if you can work from home, please do work from home. And many people just don't have the choice now. No. Yeah, look, it's that kind of ignorance, I think you might call it, lack of uh, knowledge or, or caring for people in strata that's actually being quite vividly exposed at the moment. It'd be interesting to see when we come out of this if there is any move in the strata sphere mm. to uh, prepare for the next time this happens and actually get a bit more knowledge and experience of living in strata. Mm. Here endeth the sermon. (laughs) (laughs) When we come back, I want to talk about another email that came into the forum, and it's about a bit of a land grab in a strata scheme. That's after this. What's the land grab you're talking about, Jimmy? Okay, so somebody has written to the forum and said that the chairperson and secretary of their apartment block has announced that she will be putting through a bylaw uh, to allow her to take over the roof space above her apartment. I'm guessing this is a small, older-style apartment block. I think their argument is if they can get a bylaw, then they can do it. Uh, They have no intention to pay anything to the owner's corporation, and they have no intention of changing the levies. 
because the levies in this building have always been done on the basis of there's, you know, four or eight apartments and everybody pays the same, which is a very common thing in older buildings. It's kind of like a new form of neo-colonialism, isn't it? You, <laughs> you know, the invaders arrive on a land and, and they say, okay, we're, we're going to just take this land, really. Yeah. You Very know, much don't so. Oh, anybody, anything. Yeah. So it's been quite gratifying to be able to write back and say, look, you know, there's several moving parts in this. One, she cannot just take over common property and not pay something. There's a formula that's set, I think it's by the High Court, either the High Court or the Supreme Court, that says you take the value of the apartment after the renovation and the value of the apartment before the renovation subtract the difference, subtract the costs of the renovation, and whatever's left over, you hand over to the owner's corporation. Mm. Plus, you need a bylaw that says that she will be responsible for any changes to common property. Plus, you need assurances of any damage that might occur to other apartments. So this idea that this person has, that they can just say, look, I'm passing the bylaw, you can't stop me, and I'm renovating. And and the other thing is, if the apartment is basing its unit entitlements purely on dividing by the number of apartments, well, that's wrong to begin with. So this is obviously an opportunity to fix it. But it's one of the earliest stories we we came across. And we were, remember, we were having dinner with some friends in an apartment block. They said that the people had bought into the upstairs apartment and just taken the ceiling out and kind of moved into the, the roof space <laughs> without without so mm. much as a buy your leave. Mm. And, and it's still that attitude exists. I've got the top floor and that space up there isn't used by anybody. I may as well use it. And... Because nobody actively uses it, then why would I pay anybody anything for that? Mm. The difficulty becomes on the unit entitlements thing because the legislation on unit changing unit entitlements is so tricky. But there are experts in that field who specialise in that. So it's yeah. kind of, I mean, it's expensive, but it's good to go to those because that's going to be something that's going to last for a long, long time. The advice I find myself giving people quite often is work out how much benefit this is going to do to you when your levies are lowered and how much cost it's going to be to get it done and spread that over 10 years and see if it still makes economic sense, Mm, even though it makes logical sense to do that. So that's something I think we'll probably be running for a couple of weeks in the forum. That's, uh, But, you know, you can only give people the best advice that you have and let them get on with it. Yeah, because renovations, I mean, we're going still going through a renovation blitz, really. People mm. are still kind of looking at their homes and seeing how they can improve them and make use of space that they haven't really taken advantage of before. So it's it's kind of a whole new dimension to this subject now. So I think that's something that's going to come up more and more often. I think it's a good thing. Space anywhere in in buildings is at a premium. And I think if you can find a way of utilising the space in your building to your advantage, Mm. then you should do so, but not to the disadvantage of everyone else in the building. No, that's right. And even the common area spaces, when we moved into our new building, 
Um, I remember we went round and said, yeah, okay, this could be a good space for storerooms. Yeah. This is like a an area that we could put a cupboard in. This is an area where we could put, put the building manager's office. Yeah. Now, there were lots of little nooks and crannies around the, the place. Yeah. And um, it could well be that some people might want to buy those common area properties and then the, the strata makes a bit of money on it. You know, all the owners make a bit of money as well. Yeah. The case that established this formula it goes back well, probably 10, 15 years. It was somebody who owned the majority of shares or unit entitlements in the building, so much so that they were able to pass all the bylaws legitimately to give themselves the roof space entirely for a token amount mm. of money. And that was a couple of residents who took that to, I think, the High Court, and, and the High Court came out with the phrase that this was a fraud on the minority. Even though legally they had all the votes to allow this, they were still depriving the other owners who didn't have the votes of something that belonged to them. Um, so that's, that's a principle that's worth bearing in mind. When you're thinking of renovating, you're not going to get away with doing it for free. Yep. When we come back, you're going to talk to us about green stuff. That's after this. So you've a big article in the Domain magazine about greening up your apartment or greening up your home. Yeah, I guess um, there is a new focus on greenery now because because of COVID, we want to get outside. We want to see some greenery around us. And there's a huge number of reports talking about how greenery is really good for us. It kind of lowers anxiety levels. I mean, this is gardening and also gazing at greenery. I much prefer gazing at it than gardening. <laughs> I'm not very good at gardening. But um, it lowers heart rate. It lowers blood pressure, increases productivity and creativity and happiness. It's amazing. All these reports, you know, they're unanimous on the benefits of greenery. And I think as a result, we're seeing lots more greenery on people's apartment balconies yeah. now. We're seeing a lot more landscaping around new buildings. We're seeing green walls appearing on lots of buildings as well. And lots of the developers are saying, no, this is now an integral part of apartment complexes. We There's a demand for this, and we want to satisfy that demand. Mm. And I talked to Iwan Sanito from Crown Group, and uh, all his buildings have a huge amount of landscaping around them. His um, new waterfall building, for instance, yeah. um, that's in Waterloo. And that has more than 5,000 tropical plants, as well as green walls. And it has this seven-story high waterfall, which gives the building its name as well. And it has parkland around it. It's pretty incredible, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. And I know you talked to Indira Naidu this week on on radio. And she's become really well known for um, propagating plants and growing vegetables and herbs and things on back. Yes, she's done a couple of books about mm, it, I think. She has. So it just seems that we're all kind of getting much more into this now. I mean, obviously, lockdown, we've been at home much more, so we've been able to look after the greenery. Because I remember nearly every time I went overseas, I'd come back and our plants on the balcony were kind of dying. But now <laughs> they are blooming because yes, I'm here we got to a gardener water in. them. Well, we've got a gardener in, first of all, who told us exactly what to do. Yeah. And how many times to water them? Yeah, because <laughs> we either over either overwatered or underwatered. And now diligently twice a week we water them. So they're doing incredibly well. I, I had never realised before how much greenery can help one's physical health, mental health, psychological health, mm. emotional health. 
So, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see so much greenery on apartment buildings. I uh, recall, just to put a spanner in the works, uh, I recall getting an email a couple of years ago from a former city council engineer who said planters on balconies up against the balustrade, which is where you would put them normally, are probably illegal. And that's because kids can climb up on them and gives them a climbing <clears throat> option. Yeah. Oh, you have to be very careful. I mean, but you, everybody's yeah. going to if they're going to mm. put plants on their balcony, they're going to put them up against the edge, aren't they? Probably, but then they should keep a really close eye on that young kids. But no, it doesn't make any difference. That's what they, really, yeah. they say about swimming pools. It doesn't mm. matter how close an eye you keep mm. on the kids. Kids move very quickly. Yep. Sure. Well, absolutely. I mean, for families then, <clears throat> they have to be very careful. But one of the newest design fashions in homes, apparently, is having greenery indoors. Right. And I mean, I remember in the, the 80s, you used to have one sad plant that <clears throat> used to die every year and you'd get a new one. Yeah. Like it used to be a maidenhair fern, I think. Your mother-in-law's tongue was All a right. big popular. <laughs> <laughs> but now... Cheese, cheese, what was it, cheese plant? Was it? Yes, that's right. Uh, Cheese leaf plant or something, because yeah, they had holes in Swiss cheese yes, plant. That's yeah. right. Very disappointing when you discovered that it didn't actually grow Swiss cheeses. <laughs> but now, um, apparently, that's the big thing for designers: putting really nice touches of greenery, pops of greenery, in people's homes. Right. And uh, yeah, I guess people look after them well because we're all at home all the time. And uh, yeah, that's. I was a bit distressed when I heard about that being the new fashion. I thought, oh, my God, not those Here battles with plants indoors again. But so, I mean, having said that thing about the planters and harking back to what we're saying about the overly cautious committee members, I'm sure there will be people who are told they may not have plants on their balcony because of the safety risk. You know, there are mm. people who just love to interfere in yeah. other people's lives a little bit too much. But maybe um, you could have a green wall balcony. And then you don't need much depth in the planter, I think. Mm. And the green walls often come with their own watering systems as well. Right. So maybe you could do something like that. But then you can't see, if it's a glass balcony, you can't see through the balcony if you've got any kind of view at all. That's true. You just have to work it out. Have a, yeah, imagine the view or have different plants. I think the end wall would be a good place to have your green wall if you're allowed mm. to have that. Yeah. But, you know, the, the trouble with balconies, they're common property over which you have exclusive use. Mm. And that means that the committee can come along and say, no, you can't, ha can't have that there. Mm. It would be quite unreasonable, though, wouldn't it, really? And actually, maybe you could apply for permission because it's a, a sustainability Possibly, um, issue. possibly. And but then I, it's much harder for them to turn down a sustainability proposal. Yeah. I think the safety issue, if somebody mm. invoked that, would probably take precedence. Yeah. I just, uh, while we're talking about balconies, um, I just noticed our building issued a, a new barbecue code of conduct. Now, I've been banging on about barbecues. Oh, God, you have, Jimmy. For the past 20 years. Yeah, I, I remember trying to... Um, bring in what I thought were sensible restrictions on barbecues um, and having somebody stand up at the general meeting, point at me very accusingly and say, this man is a vegetarian, <laughs> as if it was <laughs> the most heinous crime. Uh, and I wasn't. 
I am now, but I wasn't then. But I, I remember my what I thought was very light touch restrictions uh, that I suggested that were basically laughed out of the AGM. And then I saw our, our code of conduct. And it's funny how these things quietly evolve. And, I'm, and mm. I mean this as a general thing, not just for our building. But the things that have sn- snuck in there, which I think are good things, you cannot have a big six-burner barbecue on your balcony. Mm. It's got to be proportionate to the size of the, the, the apartment or the balcony space. You've got to have a fire extinguisher next to the, the barbecue. You cannot cook uncovered fish. Oh, wow. Which is a big stinkeroo. Mm. Uh, you know, when the person below you decides to burn a few prawns for their, for their Sunday lunch. And there's limits on how late you can use the barbecue. And it's kind of, you think, oh, Finally, people are catching up. Obviously, I hate to say it, but somebody, and this was, this will happen in any apartment block anywhere. All it takes is for somebody on a committee to be affected by something like that. And then things change. Mm. And I'm guessing that's probably what's happened here. But, you know, the, res- the restrictions that they're bringing in are perfectly sensible to allow people to have stinking smoke. And people burning off, that's another thing they're not allowed to do. You can't burn off the previous barbecue fat as part of the cleaning process. You've got to clean it with a brush and soap and mm. water. But has this been taken to an AGM? I don't think so. Just I don't record. I think it's just... Quietly slipped in. It's, it, I think it's an advisory. <laughs> okay. Because to take it to the AGM and, and make it a bylaw, yeah, when you think about barbecues are only allowed on balconies because the committee or the bylaws allow them, then they could take that privilege away. It's a privilege. It's not a right. And the people who actually own the balcony, which is the owner's corporation as a whole, could say, we don't want barbecues on our balconies. In fact, our last building did not allow barbecues on the balcony. So they could, if if they wanted to enforce this, they would have to have a bylaw. Mm. But... As it is, it's kind of just like an advisory, but that might be the way to go. Mm, yeah. You know, just to say to somebody, look, here's a barbecue code of conduct. You've got a charcoal barbecue on your balcony. You're not allowed to do that. So get rid of it. And I think in the majority of cases, people would go, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll get rid of it. Mm. I, I know that some residents are now running around trying to find fire extinguishers that would actually work. Mm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. the, the next thing you can't put one of those big red ones on the wall. Well, you could, but probably the committee would say, "No, you, that's common property. You can't do that." <laughs> and I don't know if the little ones for cars are strong enough for what might happen with a gas fire mm. barbecue. Anyway, summer's coming. The air will soon be full of. If it's not full of COVID nineteen, it'll be full of stinky, burny meat smells. So enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, Sue, for joining me this Monday morning for a change. And thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flat-chat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. 
talk to you again next week.